Hey there, Lindsay here, the Frugal Crafter, and it's been a minute. I feel like that's how I start every podcast because I am just not in the groove of doing these. But I was, um, I, I was thinking some thoughts about the crafting world today, and I thought it would be a really good topic for a podcast. And um, basically, the topic is what's going on with all the big box stores. How come there are fewer um, fewer paper craft selections. And another side topic is how come I've been finding so many paper craft supplies at yard sales and thrift stores? So it's kind of a lot to unpack and maybe there's no relation in between these two topics, but I was just on Split Coast Stampers this morning and that's a really wonderful big community of rubber stampers. Now it doesn't seem to be as popular now as it used to be in the past, but years ago that was the place to go if you wanted to be inspired by new ideas and um, learn about new products and, and learn new techniques and find all sorts of templates and all of that stuff. And of course it was free and uh, it was just wonderful. It still is wonderful. I just don't think it's as active as it used to be. But anyway, there was a topic in the forums today, uh, probably over the last couple of days. And um, the topic was to the effect of um, how come Michaels is not carrying dyes anymore. So a woman had walked into her local Michaels store, which is a big box craft store in the United States, in case you're watching or listening from another country. And um, the person working at the store says they don't sell dyes anymore and they haven't for some time. So uh, she was pretty flabbergasted by that as a card maker. And she started the thread to see what other people had noticed in their big box stores. Now I have noticed a decline in the amount of stamp sets and dies and punches and papers and uh, other like kind of hands-on paper craft supplies in my local big box stores. I live near Bangor, Maine, where we have three large stores. My favorite store that we used to have closed, um, which was AC Moore, and now we have a Michaels in its place. And um, I've only been in a couple times. They just opened a few months ago, and I don't think they've gotten all their stock in. So, um, so I didn't know if it was a situation of them not carrying as many stamps and dies and things like that, or if they just wasn't able to get them in yet because of the pandemic that we're all in. But I occasionally would stop in the Michaels in Augusta, Maine, which has been around for quite a while. And, um, they never had a ton of dies and stamps, at least for the past, I don't know, maybe, you know, five years or so. Um, so I just didn't know. I, I figured there might be a couple things at play. Um, another thing I've noticed is that when I do go to the big stamping conventions, I go all the way to, to Massachusetts to go to my closest one. And I've noticed uh, year over year, the crowds have shrunk smaller and smaller every year. And uh, the age of the of the people going seems to be getting older and older. Not me, of course, just the other stampers. But um, it does seem to be like it's a, a hobby that may be um, not getting traction with younger crafters. Um, I think part of it is that paper crafting, scrapbooking, rubber stamping, those sort of hobbies encourage you to collect a lot of different supplies because the more when you add a stamp to your collection you are making all your other stamps more useful and more diverse and the more stamps you have the more options you have 
for creating your projects. And um, and it's kind of fun. If, if you're a collector, it's fun to go find that, that stamp that you've been looking for or something completely unique, like at a stamp show that you've never seen before. And uh, it's just kind of kind of a thrill to find those unusual things to use in your um, in your craft. And rubber stamp art can be funky and artsy and um, completely off the wall, or it could be very practical and it can be pretty and it can be used for greeting cards and it can be used um, to like make wedding invitations. I mean, it's very a very versatile um, set of tools for this hobby. But I think there's a, a point where a lot of crafters have kind of hit saturation or their hobby becomes uh, obtaining and purchasing the supplies and less um, time is left for using the supplies. And I think as crafters, we all have the best intentions, but I think sometimes we also um, have a little bit of a delusion that we will use the stuff that we, that we pick up. Sometimes I will pick up something and I will have to tell myself, Lindsay, that is not reality Lindsay that's going to use that. That is fantasy Lindsay and fantasy Lindsay doesn't actually do any crafting. You know, I'll buy something like, um, oh, I don't know, it might be uh, might be some yarn. And it's like, when's the last time you actually knit? Yes, you once liked to knit, uh, but you haven't knit in a long time. The chances of you knitting something in the, in the near future is very small. So store it at the store until you have an actual project to use it on. Um, but I think a lot of the, us are like that with our stamping projects and or any hobby that we enjoy or we used to enjoy. We remember the um, maybe when we were making cards, we were at a better place in our life. We were maybe um, energetic and healthy and we want to recapture that time in our life and we think by purchasing that supply we will get a little of that um that motivation back to do that hobby again or it will just kind of harken us back to um you know to back then when we really were as passionate about a craft even if we aren't anymore so uh, i definitely think that the paper craft trend has kind of hit its peak a few years ago and is, is on the is on the decline um there's also a lot of a lot of competition for sales on overseas shops that are probably hitting the bottom line of these big stamp stores, as well as the independent sellers in the United States. There's a lot of um, counterfeit products that have been um, that have been hurting the original makers of stamps and dies for a while. And plus, when you have a shrinking audience to buy these products, then um, it just kind of, it compounds. So not only do you have fewer customers that are still buying stamps and dies, but they are, they have the competition of buying them for, you know, pennies on the dollar overseas. And, um, you know, so you're losing customers that way as well. And uh, also I think that the big box craft stores are kind of um, trying to get those customers that are going to spend more in one go and buy things that are marked up a little bit more. So, if you've been crafting for a while, especially stamping, you probably remember the coupons at all the stamp stores and all the uh, big box crafting stores used to have. My first um, memory of the coupons were back in um, Joanne's, I think was the first one to do them that I know of anyway. And they would mail them to you in the mail and you get maybe one a month or one every couple of months. And um, when that 40% coupon came out, everyone would go to the store and they would buy something. And that was probably about um, 18 years ago. I remember my son was a baby and I'd signed up for their mailing list because they're like, oh, sign up for the mailing list and you'll get coupons mailed to you. And even if you didn't buy anything, you still wanted to bring your, your flyer in and have them scan it so you'd stay in the system because that was the only way to get coupons. And... Um, 
And that was, that was great, but it was once a month, you know, it wasn't extreme. And then a few years later, uh, the other store started putting coupons in the paper. So people would go get the paper and they'd bring in their coupon one a week. And, and, um, and, you know, I think it really got more people buying more products and then they started to go online. So people could essentially print out a coupon every day if they wanted to and go buy their products one by one. And I think, I think that's when it kind of hit the point of that coupon bringing in customers to save on one item and they buy a bunch of other things when they were there to the fact that people were using coupons on almost everything they purchased. So they had to jack the prices up. So people were seeing those prices and they're like, ah, eh, I'll just shop online. Um, and it also grew to the point where customers felt entitled to a uh, coupon. And so when the coupons went away at the big box stores, which they did at a few of our American stores, I think Joanne's is the only one that that currently has coupons all the time. Um, they uh, the customers just stopped going. They were uh, they were very um, almost felt betrayed, I think, by those policies going away that they have come to expect, especially since they they know that the prices are marked up. To account for those 40% off coupons. So anyways, I think it became kind of a vicious, vicious cycle, push prices up too much. In the meantime, these, um, these coupons, these sales, all these uh, promotions at the big box stores ran, closed down a lot of the independent stores. And you really need independent stores out there to um, kind of be, to offer those unique products that you can't buy at the big box stores to kind of establish what the trends are going to be and to keep the industry healthy. You need both. You need the specialty and you need the big box stores. I think you need the mass market and you need the niche. So more and more of these bigger stores are catering to the mass market. That's why we're seeing home decor in Michael's and, um, Hobby Lobby and a little bit in Joanne's too. They're they're beefing up the home decor stuff because they can sell it and make a pretty big markup on it. And that will bring in a younger crowd. Last couple of times I've been to Michael's, um, my daughters have spent more than I have because they're looking for the beginner kits. They're looking for things to decorate their rooms with. They're, you know, they're looking for those types of things. And they even told me, mom, I think they're catering more to a younger audience or they're trying to stock what we want to buy, which I understand. I totally understand that, but it is a little frustrating when, um, when you've been a crafter all your life and you're, you know, you're looking for the new things that appeal to you. But, you know, I also understand that there are a lot more beginners out there, a lot more people looking to start a hobby. And those people are going to be the ones that spend a lot more money. So the things that I've been noticing in the big box stores are a lot of activity kits for kids. I've been noticing a lot of home decor, a lot of like candles, a lot of um, really trendy things like resin crafting and uh, all the cricket stuff like the tumbler making and the vinyl and the, uh, you know, t-shirts to go along with that and the cricket machines and the um you know all of that uh those products i mean i think there's like three or four aisles of cricket stuff even walmart has aisles of cricket stuff when they only have a few aisles of uh of craft supplies uh, of course, yarn and jewelry making have stayed strong, fabric too, but I think it's because those things were always staple craft supplies and they never went for the whole coupon scheme, it seems like, with those products. So those stayed constant. I don't think they were ever the hugest sellers, but they were con consistent, stable products that brought com uh, customers back. Uh, and you kind of want to touch fabric and yarn before you buy it. You know, you don't want to order that stuff online. So that stuff has stayed pretty constant. But the, the craft supplies, as far as like paper crafting and stamping, I definitely see a decline in that. But I also see a decline online as someone who makes uh, stamping videos occasionally and paper crafting videos. Um, that was huge five years ago. And I've definitely seen on my card making and paper crafting videos, views just go down and down and down. And as I like skim around to other channels that, that I've followed over the years, I've seen their views decline over the past three or four years too in the paper crafting and stamping genre. 
So I think there is less of an interest in that particular um, art form and craft. And of course, if there's less interest, the big box stores aren't going to stock it. And also, I know from my perspective, when I go into the big box stores, I see the same stamps over and over again. But that's, you know, I don't feel like I am the target audience for their products because I'm going to be looking for something very specific and probably a little weird. And if they stock those, they might sell one in a year to me, and that would probably be it. So they can't really cater to the niche market when they are a big box store that needs to sell product to stay in business and pay their rent and whatnot. Um, so the other part of the the uh, topic I want to talk about is the yard sales that I had been to lately. Now, I'm not, a, and, and it's probably more widespread than what I've seen because I am not a big thrift store shopper or yard sale shopper. But um, we had the big town wide yard sale in our town about a month ago. And um, I, at random, I picked a couple to go to. Um, there's like hundreds. And I I have the stamina for maybe like five yard sales and then I'm, I'm good. I'm not a real, real big shopper. So at random, at a few different uh, yard sales, I went to like five, I picked up some crafty things. Uh, one I picked up, it wasn't really craft related, so it doesn't really count for this, but it was interesting. It was like an old milk, a milkman's milk jug holder. So I bought that to, you know, store colored pencils in. Um, but I was at another yard sale and I saw a couple brand new Stampin' Up! stamp sets from the late 90s and they weren't even mounted. And I thought, oh, that's neat. One was a pocket full of love, I think was the name of it. And I'd always wanted that stamp, but I couldn't afford it back then. It was pretty expensive. And then there was another one I'd never seen before that was like had a dress form and stuff. And I, and I was looking at those. And the lady was like, oh, have I got a deal for you? And she pulled out this big tote and she's like, you can make me an offer for all of it or you can go through it. So I decided I would just go through and pick out the few things that I that I liked. And um, she asked 15 bucks for the bag, like a paper bag, shopping bag full of stuff I chose. And I said, that's fine. And um, and didn't really think much of it. I took them home. I used some of the stuff. I put the stuff away and I was pretty pleased with my purchases. And then um, a few days later, I got a call from a local thrift shop. They just got a bunch of Sizzix dyes in. And there was probably um, a couple thousand dollars worth of dyes. They were asking $95 for the lot. And I didn't want to bring home a bunch of things I wasn't going to use. Like they had a full, like full Sizzlet alphabets, like three of those. And then another rack full of the, the Sizzlet dies, and they had three big tubs full of thick dies, Tim Holtz ones, um, Sizzix, a, a bunch of um, some cutesy ones that I wasn't interested in. But um, a few days later, they decided to sell some open, uh, individually because they uh, didn't have any takers on the big lot. And I bought 16 dies that I would have paid full price for. So um, so I thought that was great. And I and I got those home. And um, and since then, I have seen more crafty supplies and I kind of had to put the brakes on because it's like, Lindsay, you can only use so much in your lifetime. Leave it for somebody else. But it made me think um, the combination of stores selling less paper craft supplies and people getting rid of so many paper craft supplies. Uh, I just thought it was kind of an interesting, maybe not, maybe they're not related, but um, but I thought it was kind of an interesting topic. And the other thing I think that happens is that we get overwhelmed. We get to the point where we hit max, max saturation with these supplies. And then um, we feel bad that we bought them. We have so much, then we don't feel like doing our craft anymore because we feel overwhelmed with all the stuff we have and ashamed that we bought the stuff and how much money we spent on it. And then we just want to get rid of it. We don't even want to look at anymore, look at it anymore or deal with it anymore. So we donate it, give it away. And then we just put an end to our our paper crafting journey. And I guess that could happen with any sort of hobby, but I think that um, card making, scrapbooking, paper crafting, stamping, I think those hobbies in particular really encourage us to 
buy more and more and more and definitely the marketing and how quickly the products get turned around makes us want to buy more and more and more. And I've thought of it so many times over the past few years as like uh, it's fast fashion. It's like fast fashion for people that don't like clothes because every month, every company comes out with brand new products. It used to be companies would come out with products twice a year. They'd come out with products in the summer and they for Christmas and they'd come out with products in January for um, for spring and summer just like clothing. And, you know, it would take time for those products to be designed, get shown to store owners and um, buyers. By the time it hit the stores, it would be a couple uh, months later, their uh, designers would get a chance to work with them and and submit things to magazines. We'd start to see these new products come out in the magazines. And then um, when they came out on the magazines, they'd be available to buy in the big box stores. We'd buy what we want. And then the cycle would start over again. So that was twice a year. And even at twice a year, it almost felt like you couldn't keep up. When I was trying to get into designing for magazines, I remember I would read the magazines because that's where we'd find out about all the products that came out at the trade shows because there was no YouTube videos. There was no coverage of these trade shows. You had to be there. You had to be like a store or a uh, working in the industry to be there and see what was coming out. And those are the people that would um, make the projects and design for the magazines. And then you'd see it when it came out in the magazines. And I remember rushing to the store to buy some of these stamp sets to use them to submit them to magazines. But by then they would be ready to be discontinued for the next product, uh, the next release, which I thought was crazy. It's like, I just got them. How can they be discontinued? So it was so frustrating as a newbie designer who wanted to get into these magazines. I never could be fast enough, it seemed. But now it is literally month by month. If somebody makes a video, if I go out and I get a new stamp set, because I do have the opportunity, often stamp companies will reach out to me and offer to send me products for free so I can make a video with them. And I might make some money on affiliate links or, or whatnot if I wanted to do that, but I generally decline. Um, but if I if I say yes and I get that product and I make a card with it and I post a video and I post an affiliate link, um, by the time the people buy those products and if they want to do the same thing, those those products will be discontinued by the time they get them in their hot hands and they go to make a video on it. So it's really tough for people that want to get started in um like in crafting as a business or anything like that, unless they're like trying to make individual cards for sale. So it's just it's gone from a um a, buying products twice a year, essentially, or products being released twice a year, and you having time to think about it and purchase what you want, and what you know you're going to use, to products being released every month, and you've either got to buy it or you will not have the chance to buy it again. And I think that really kind of makes people panic. They're afraid of missing out. They overbuy. They buy what they what what things come out if they think they might want it in the future because they're afraid they can't get it again. It will be sold out, and then um, the cycle starts over every single month. And I know so many crafters that have drawers and bins of products, stamps that have never seen ink and products that have never been used and more supplies than they can use in their lifetime. And I've been thinking about that myself. I've been thinking about, wouldn't it be interesting to calculate how many watercolors and how many color pencils I have and like, see, could I physically use this in my lifetime? I've been, or how long would it take me to use it up? How many hours would it take me to use up this box of pencils or this tin of watercolors? I find that extremely fascinating. And then I found out about a term. I never heard about this before. And I heard about it a couple weeks ago. And the term is Earth Overshoot Day. And if you've never heard that term, here's what it means. Basically, Earth Overshoot Day, it was uh, July 29th this year, by the way. Last year, it was August 22nd. That's the point in which we have used up all of the 
resources that the planet can provide or replenish in a year's time. So ideally, we would be hitting Earth Overshoot Day on December 31st. We would be using what we can replenish. And then I started to think, I wonder if we figured, I wonder what my craft overshoot day would be like. At what point in the year have I bought um, more supplies than I could actually use in that year? Um, then I thought, oh, that's scary. I don't think I want to think about that. <laughs> Because it's like, man, I mean, just on Amazon Prime Day alone, I probably bought more than I could use in a year. And uh, and that was just that was just one day. And that's not counting the things that get sent to me from companies that want me to review their products. So it just um, it, it was all kind of all of these things of the yard sales, the Earth Overshoot Day thing I found out about. And um, and that thread on uh, on split coast stampers and my own observations and the uh, from like stamp shows and um, big box stores and even online shopping, all these different things that have been happening over the last year or so kind of came together at one point. And I just was beginning to kind of connect the dots and, and see possible correlations between these um, these different things. So. I mean, what can you do, right? What what can we do? What can we do to keep the love of our crafting and our alive? I think the best thing that you can do is to use what you have, use the supplies that you have. Um, only buy new products when it's going to make the other things you already have more valuable and not less valuable. A lot of times we end up buying things to replace things we already have. Now, I'm using a Big Shot die cutting machine, an Ellison Big Shot that I got probably 16 or 17 years ago. It was when they first came out and it was a gift. I never would have bought it for myself because I looked at those die cutting machines and I say, wow, what an expensive gateway object because the die machine isn't going to do anything. You have to buy dies and you have to buy a specific die for every shape in that size that you want to cut out. Um, so I received it as a gift and I thought, well, I can use it as a printing print. Uh, printing press and it came with a couple dies and then I would just buy a die one by one probably with a coupon I don't know the, the coupons really went big back yeah they were around by then um only things I knew I wanted to cut out of thick materials many times and I was very picky and I haven't gotten rid of any of my dies um and I have like a shoebox of thin dies and I have a um uh like a shelf and a half of thick dies and I do use the ones that I have quite frequently but I never went crazy with it because every dime was like $15, $20. So it was just too expensive to get to buy willy nilly. Um, but when you have stamp sets and they're coming out cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, it's really easy to overbuy. I mean, I saw stamp sets at the, at the Dollar Tree. I even bought some to show in a haul because um, haul videos are doing very well. And I'm ashamed to say I did, I did go for it. I, you, you know, you can't beat them, join them, right? Um, this is my most popular video. <laughs> so like last year was a Dollar Tree haul. But anyway, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's cheaper. And as the products get cheaper, we don't think so much about them when we buy them and then they pile up and then we get overwhelmed. We end up duplicating our purchases, buying the same thing twice because we don't realize we have it already. Um, so I think the best thing that you can do is kind of stop, breathe, take stock. And this is advice I have to give myself all the time. So I'm not, um, I'm not preaching. I don't mean to be preaching. If it sounds like I'm preaching, I don't mean to be preaching because it is definitely advice I need to take myself. I've been, um, I've definitely been very curious about like cheap watercolor sets that show up on Amazon. I'm very curious to find that diamond in the rough and see if I can find something that's going to be so much better than something else I've, I've already tried or viewers will ask me to review things and I'll purchase them to review. Always looking for that diamond in the rough. But the more 
I do this, the more I'm finding it's just more of the same. It's the same, honestly, a lot of times identical, the same thing just put out by a different company because it's popular. And I've noticed that happening for the last few years in stamping is that somebody comes out with a cute, say, llama stamp set. Then another company does it. Then another company does it. It's like uh, it's like a dog chasing its tail. You know, a, a trend happens. Everybody jumps on it. If it sells, everyone keeps jumping on it. And then the trend goes away. And then if you use that product, your stuff is looked at, at as very dated because it was such a big trend and then it was gone. And it's just that whole that whole fast fashion cycle just happening month after month after month. And then eventually people get burnt out by that and they feel tricked because they bought these things. They thought we're going to stand the test of time that they would use over and over again, because that's why you would buy a stamp versus like, um, you know, uh, I don't know, a sticker. You buy stamps, you can stamp it hundreds of times and use it over and over again. And if your stamps aren't even seeing ink once or maybe they're getting used once and that's it, that becomes a very expensive sticker, essentially. And uh, I think people just get kind of overwhelmed. And then if you're feeling bad about what you've bought, it makes you not want to participate in the hobby anymore. So uh, just some thoughts about the current state of the crafting industry. One more thing that I think is notable is that um, last month, I think the um, uh, the company or the organization that puts on Creativation, the big trade show that happens every January, they are trying to merge with, and it's the company's called AFCI. That's the... Uh, it used to be the Craft and Hobby Association, but they've changed their name to AFCI. And I can't remember what that acronym stands for, but they want to merge with um, the uh, North American Art Materials Trade Association. Uh, they want to they merge and do their trade shows together and basically be, um, be under one umbrella because they're both struggling in this kind of hobby craft space which is sad. I would think more people would be doing crafts and hobbies and maybe they are, but rather than buying them from um, the legacy brands and, and American companies or even European companies that are distributed through American um, uh, retailers, they're going straight to Amazon and buying from overseas. And I mean, there's been a lot of high quality stuff coming out for really low cost on Amazon. I've been noticing in the last five years. Um and one of the reasons for that is that a lot of the legacy brands, say like Windsor Newton, for instance, they had their Cotman watercolors start to be produced in China. I believe the Phoenix company produces their Cotman watercolors. They gave them the recipe. They're the same paints as they were producing before, but they're being made in uh, in China rather than France, where they used to be made. And um, they're still charging the same amount for those Cotman paints. However, now all these cheap watercolors have come out of China that are identical to the Cotman quality but they cost, you know, pennies on the dollar. So of course people are going to be, find out about these and start experimenting and start using more affordable supplies that are now available, especially as people's budgets get, get stressed, um, get stressed and smaller. You know, if you're, if you're, if your pay, if your wage isn't kept up with inflation, then you need to spend less for the things that you, that you want. And if you, you want to be a, um, a crafter or an artist and you want to replenish your supplies, you are going to take a chance on those less expensive materials that um, might be just as good. So there's a lot of things happening. I think that it's really just starting to hit the craft industry. I think these things have been happening in other industries in America for, you know, the last 15 or 20 years, but, um, but it's really making an impact on the big box stores. And, uh, I just thought it was interesting that all these different um, events took place and I thought it would be an interesting topic for a podcast. I hope you thought so too. Maybe it made your morning run go a little bit faster. Maybe you're cleaning the house as you listen to this. Um, if you want to leave a comment, I'd love it. 
Uh, let me know what you think about these podcasts. I'll try to find the comments. I don't know where they, it's funny that the little thing sends a podcast out to the different podcast players. So um, I'm new with this. <laughs> I'm just new at this. I don't know. I want to thank you so much for listening though. And um, get crafty. I hope you crafted or painted or something when you listen to this today, because the more you use those supplies, the better you're going to feel. You don't feel better buying more. You feel better using it. At least I do. And I think that's what I'm going to do right now. So thanks for listening. Until next time, happy crafting. Bye.